Anybody wide and awake this morning? Thank you for joining us on Memorial Day weekend. We're glad that you're here. And of course, we do honor those who have willingly given of sacrifice and, and to serve our country. And of course, we, we say thank you to God for the gift and the blessing that we have, the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. How many know that Jesus Christ has given us freedom? And because of what he has made available, it's now available to us. And that we're not able, not only that we can, can uh, freely receive, but how many know the Bible also says to freely give? As you've received, to freely give. And that's what, what our uh, men and women who have sacrificed, who have given themselves, we honor those men and women on this Memorial Day weekend. We say thank God for those who have not only received freedom, but who also freely received and freely gave so that we might experience freedom. The freedom that comes from Jesus Christ is one thing. But there is a freedom as well that comes as a nation and as a people. And so we say thank God for each and every one who has served and we honor them today. This morning if you have your Bibles in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we are wrapping up a series that we've been calling Decent and in Order. And over the last number of weeks it has been our desire to grow in the spiritual gifts and to flow in the spiritual gifts, to grow in them more and to flow in them more, that the spiritual gifts that have been given to the church would be in operation in our lives, that we would grow in a greater understanding and a greater recognition. I believe these two things are so key for us to know and to really hold to as we look at the spiritual gifts and what they are that God has given to the church, that the church might be built up in Jesus Christ. And number one, that we recognize that there's more to grow in. How many believe there's more to grow in? And there's more to flow in. There's more to grow in. What, what our experience, what we've experienced in God, that there's more than what we've experienced. And also there's more to flow in, in that there is more for God to do that is beyond just this church. And, and within this church, within this, this building, that God is moving in a way and desiring that we would grow more in the gifts of the Spirit and in greater ways, that we would grow in them internally, but that we would also flow in them externally. That the gifts of God would be in operation and would work in our lives. You can find a list of those, in, uh, of course, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, as it lists what, lists what the gifts of the Spirit are, and we, we talked about that last week. But this morning, it would be all right if we just take a little, uh, a little uh, step backwards and take a review over the last couple of weeks. Is that all right if we take a little journey this morning? Is that okay with anybody? Anybody all, anybody all right if I just give a tour of the, of the last weeks we've been in? Anybody okay with that? You all right with that? I'm just kind of see if we got anybody here this morning. You, I know it's a Memorial Day weekend. You're, you've got some some plans and everything. I want to just take uh, before we get in this morning, take a journey uh, of where we've been as we wrap up this series, decent and in order. We looked, of course, our first week. Uh, we looked at house goals, and we recognized that if we're going to experience the greater things that God has for us, we've got to be on the same page. And we looked at just some practical things in in our services and and how we uh, how we do things that we have the same goal and the goal of looking out for one another. We identified what those things were, that, that, and we literally spelled out goal, that our goal is to be guided by the Word of God. How many, how many believe today that the Word of God is the principle and the direction upon which we live? Anybody agree with that? That we make it our goal here at Faith Assembly, that the leadership of this church, the pastors, the, 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 the board, and, and the, uh, the leadership team, that we make it our goal to present the Word of God in truth, to, to, pr- to proclaim truth according to God's Word. But how many know that it's not just enough for it to be a, a goal to be presented in truth? How many know we've got to be committed to live the truth of God's Word? That we are guided by the Word of God. We shared as well that the, the O, that we want to omit distractions. We want to get rid of those things that would be a distraction and hinder, that we, that we focus, that we come together. Some of those can be practical distractions, things that in our time together that we focus and allow the Spirit of God to move in our hearts, to touch hearts. What God is doing in someone else's life, we might not fully know how God is working and what He's doing, but to omit distractions. We talked as well, the A was all in, that everybody involved, that all, all are involved in this, that God has given a gift to each and every one of us. How many believe today that the Word of God, what the Word says, that to each has been given a gift? How many believe that? And here's what we say, we believe that because it says that. So whether your opinion is different than what it says, how many know it'd probably be better to line your opinion up with what the Word says? Rather than to let your, appear, your opinion be what guides you, that the Word of God says that there is all of, each of us have received a gift. And so we said it this way, that when we come to Christ, the seed of God's kingdom is inside of us. But as we come to Christ and as we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, that seed comes alive and produces more in, in, in the work that God has called us to do. In whatever gift that might be, uh, according to the, the nine gifts that are lift, listed, that all are involved. We said the L in goals is to look out for one another, that we have this this 
heartbeat, that what we do, and Paul says it over and over again, we're going to look again, that it's about what's better for the church. And so we kick this off identifying what our goals are, that we want to be decent and in order, moving in the same direction. We then looked as well, we said, uh, uh, shared a message entitled Growing Up in Front of Us, that, that we're growing up in front of our eyes. And, and we identified that Paul says that it's important that we, we put childish ways behind us. In 1 Corinthians 13, he talks about when I was a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child. But when I was no longer a child, I put away childish things. And so we need to have a mature perspective of how we see the gifts of the Spirit, putting away the childish aspects of comparison, whatever that might be, but having a mature aspect to what the gifts are. We talked as well on Pentecost Sunday about open heavens and open hands, that God is not wanting, that, that I believe the church is not just meant to have a flood of God's presence, but that we're to flow in God's presence. Somebody say amen to, amen to that today. That it's not enough to just gather in the flood of God's presence, that we can gather, and where there's a flood, water gathers, but where there's a flow, water moves out. And how many believe this today, that God would rather not us, rather us not just be people who gather, but people who move in the Spirit of God, who move in the presence of God, that we're flowing. We said that it's important to recognize that God is not so much concerned about getting stuff to us as he is getting stuff through us. That he doesn't want us to just be recipients, that we receive things, but that it flows through us, that we become agents of blessing and help. And then last week we talked about balance in the body, and uh, Paul, of course, talks in these letters that we've been looking at in 1 Corinthians, that the body is put together in such a way that it works together, and the importance of having balance in the body. And we, we said this, that balance is not just the ability to stand, but more importantly, it is the ability to shift weight and to move. Balance is how we walk. We, we, if we don't have balance, if the body is not in operation, if, the, if we're not shifting weight properly, if we're not, we're not balancing properly, it's not just that we can't stand, we're not able to move, but God wants us to be a church that would move, and he wants us to be balanced, and here's the key of that. The way that we're balanced is that we honor one another because honor means to add weight to. And so last week we ended, we talked about it's important to shift our weight, that when we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, we identify where is a weakness, where do we need to minister, because when we move, to honor what is going on in someone's life. How many believe that when we step out in faith, God will give us what we need to minister to that person in their time of need to be a help and to bring a, a comfort, whether it be a word, whether it be healing, miracles, uh, all of the, the gifts that are listed, whatever it is that God would give us what we need that we might enhance the body of Christ. Does that excite anybody? Anybody excited about being a part of the body of Christ today? Anybody excited about being a part of what God would desire to do? In our lives. All right, so here it is. We're going to wrap this up this morning. How many are ready for the last one? How many are ready for the conclusion? How many are ready for the title? If you're, if you're ready to hear what we're going to talk about this morning, grab your Bible. Let's stand to our feet and let's get ready for the word of God this morning as we wrap up decent and in order. If uh, We already mentioned 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we're going to be looking at verse 6 is where we're starting this morning. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 6. You can follow along on version If you have your Bible app, there are notes there as well that you can uh, be able to see some, some uh, detailed notes regarding this morning. Here's what it says in verse 6. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language or in tongues, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. And if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be speaking to an empty space. There are many different languages in the world, and every language has meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it. And the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, I pray today that you are eager to have the special abilities that the Spirit gives. Paul says that we're to eagerly des to desire the spiritual gifts. But Paul says, since you're so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. 
Seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Father, I pray today that you would would cause us, God, to continue to grow, that we would step out in faith and allow the gifts of your spirit to grow in us, that your church might be built up. Father, this is your church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We thank you, God, for what you've given to us, that we might grow together and see your work advance in our community, in our region, and we ask this all for the glory of Jesus. Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Here's the title. I didn't give it to you yet, so before you're seated, you can just share this with somebody this morning. Here's what it is. The simply title, simple title is this, make it a clear call, a clear call. Just tell your neighbor, tell them this morning, make it a clear call, make it a clear call. You may be seated this morning. It's a clear call. Have you realized that communication is a necessity when it comes to advancing in any social aspect of our life. Without communication, it becomes a standstill. If we don't have the ability to communicate properly, that everything that's intended becomes something left of only potential. But when we clearly communicate, it allows there to be an enhancement. Every social aspect of our life is built upon the ability to communicate clearly. But communication is not just the ability to talk because talking isn't communication. It's the ability to listen. It's the response to what is being said. That all of these in action, that when we have communication or when we, we're, we're operating in communication, it's more than just something simply being said. It's the ability to hear and respond and reply to what is being communicated. When it's only talking, it, it, it's not communicating in itself. It's, it's, it usually becomes, becomes evidence by someone who is able to reply or to respond to what is being said. That someone can say something, but it doesn't become anything of value until the other person is able to engage in what is being said. And in order for the person who is speaking to feel as if they're being engaged, they sometimes ask questions like this. Do you even have any idea what I just said? How many have ever had a conversation and somewhere in the conversation someone said these words, are you even listening to me? How many know, have I been there? You you, you immediately, someone is looking for that moment. They want to be acknowledged that you've heard what they said. And it usually goes like this, are you even listening to me? And the person who is listening, who has the job of responding says, yeah, I'm listening. And then the person who is doing the talking usually follows it up with, then what did I say? And then the person who is doing the listening hurries up to remember what the last word was to try and put something together to make it sound like they were engaged. And in the moment, they feel like they have to hurry up and come with something and try and make it sound like they were. How many have ever been in a conversation like that? But it's the importance. It's not listening or it's not communicating unless there can be a clear response. It's a clear message that has to be given, but it also requires a proper response. It's a proper response to to the communication, what's being taken place. Without clear communication, there cannot be a proper response. And if there's not a proper response, guess what happens? It only results in unmet expectations and confusion. Without clear communication, there cannot be a proper response. And if there's not a proper response, the only thing that results is unmet expectations and confusion. The unmet expectations are on the side of the person who's doing the talking. And they're talking with a purpose and something that they're looking to engage in and a direction that they want to go. And those expectations become unmet either because they didn't clearly communicate or maybe the person wasn't listening. But either way, in order for it to be effective, there requires clear communication and a proper response. Without clear communication, there cannot be a proper response. And if there's not a proper response, we're left, with mis- or we're, we're left with unmet expectations and we're left with confusion. How many know that the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion? If God's not the author of confusion, then we know that the enemy, the enemy of our soul wants to cause confusion. That he wants to bring confusion in our midst. But God is a God of order who puts things in their proper place. That God wants us to be a people who learn how to respond properly to what it is that the Spirit of God is speaking to our life. If there's not clear communication, there cannot be a proper response. I came across some of these, these, these signs years ago. I've saved them, and I guess I saved them for a moment like this. But take a look at some of these signs and see the communication. I hope you can read this. It says, babies and children, buy two, get three free. 
I don't think they mean the way it sounds. They covered up some important information, and I'm sure underneath there it tells you what type of clothing or something it is, but it sure makes it sound a little hard. And how many know that without clear clear communication, it's hard to respond properly? Here's, here's the next one that I found. It says this, illiterate, write for free help. I, might not be the best way to communicate. Here, here's another one that, that I found. It says, kids with gas eat free. Now, you could take all day long, my child's got gas, he's got gas. But obviously, that's not the point. If you don't have clear communication, you're not able to respond properly. Here's another one. Store closing, now hiring. I'm not sure which one it is, but there's together, there's this, this, this miscommunication. It's not clear, and you don't know what to respond to. Do you respond in to get a good deal because they're closing, or do you go to sign up because they're going to be hiring? What is it? You don't know how to respond. And here's the last one, I believe. This one here, this is uh, from a, uh, a Japanese uh, airport, and it just simply says restrooms. For restrooms, go back towards your behind. I, that, you, I don't know how that works. You just walk in circles, and it's hard to follow what's going on. You need clear communication to be able to respond properly. This is the desire that we have, that unmet expectations and confusion. What happens when we don't communicate clearly It doesn't strengthen a people, it weakens a people. How many know that in any marriage, if the communication is not strong in a marriage, that marriage is weakened for the lack of communication? The strength of of who we are as a people is built upon our ability to communicate, which communicating is to clearly, is to give a clear call, but is also coupled with the ability to respond properly. But God is not calling us to be a people who are weakened, And the last thing he wants is for the gifts of the Spirit to weaken or to bring disorder or the gifts of the Spirit to bring confusion. God has put it in place that he wants us to be strengthened. And here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, the scripture we read. He says, and the same is true for you since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives. Seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Somebody say amen to that. Seek those that will strengthen the whole church. The whole church. We want to seek the ability to give a clear call. And a clear call is going to strengthen the whole church. Paul is putting in this this, this letter that he's writing to the church. As we've been looking at chapters 11 to chapter 14. That this part that Paul's letter written to Corinth is geared to the church of how they're to operate. The earlier part talks about the moral issues and leadership issues. And he gets to this part and he talks about the church and he wraps it up in chapter 14 where we get the title of our, of our series. He says, but whatever you do, it must be done decent and in order. That whatever happens in the church, and he says, but whatever you do. He lists, this is how it ought to happen. And he says, but whatever you do. Notice he's saying this is not a rule, this is a guide. But whatever you do, however you operate in the church, it must be decent and in order. Why in order? So that it can benefit the entire body that we can bring strength to one another. But what was happening in the church, as we've said in some of the weeks past, is that the church was so set on on having their own identity in operating in the gifts. They received the gifts as a part of, of, of a, a, a place of having something of significance in themselves and it became, well, I do this. Well, I do this. This is my gift. This is what I do. It became a status symbol that they would wear and it became something of their identity rather than something that was meant to build the body of Christ. And Paul's putting this in order. He's saying, I don't want you to focus on the gifts that just build you up and make you feel good. He said, I want you to focus on the gifts that cause the body of Christ to be in step, to flow, to move forward, to gain momentum, to see the kingdom of God advance. I don't just want, and not just I, but God didn't intend that Paul's saying the gifts aren't meant just to make you experience something. They're meant to move the body of Christ as a whole into a greater place in a greater area of what God wants to do in our lives. He gives us the gifts that we might flow together. To strengthen requires this. If we're going to be strengthened, that if we don't have clear call with proper response, it causes unmet expectations and confusion. It brings weakness. But if we're going to strengthen, it requires this. It requires saying the right thing the right way so that we might move in the right direction. Have you ever noticed that you can have the right thing to say, but if you don't have the right way to say it, it doesn't matter what you said? Have you found that out? 
And you've got to understand your purpose because not only is it to move, not, not only is it to get something across, but it's ultimately to move in the right direction. That if you say something and your way of communicating it is in a, is, is in a way of anger, that your anger is wanting to see something change. But how many know that if your anger is so strong, it's not going to cause it to go in the right direction because you have something to say, but the way you're saying it is affecting the direction that it's going to head. Wave your hands if you know what I'm talking about. That there's a proper way of saying these things. How do we communicate? This is practical in our relationships here as well as in the body of Christ and how we operate in the gifts of the Spirit. That we need to know that we're saying the right thing. So we need to say the right thing. We need to say it the right way so that we might be able to move in the right direction. We believe here at Faith Assembly. We we kicked this off. And if you were here the first week, we made a point of this and we said that Different things are done in different homes. You can visit homes and there's a different way that they eat at their table. Different practices and different things that they might do at their table. There are differences in different homes that you might go to. Here at Faith Assembly, there are some, th- some things that might be different to some folks of how we operate or how we do things. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit and we believe according to Scripture that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. That God has given those gifts, that He's provided them, that we might be built up and encouraged. So here at Faith Assembly, one of the things that, that you would experience, or, or maybe here, is that there are individuals who pray in the Holy Spirit, who pray in tongues. You, you'll hear speaking in tongues. You'll hear prophecy. You'll hear words of knowledge. You'll hear words that are being spoken in a way that will build up and edify the body of Christ. But what we want to look at is the importance of doing those things and and allowing a way for those things to be shared clearly that we would speak the right thing the right way to bring about the right direction how many are thankful for the gifts of the holy spirit that are still in operation in our lives today that god has given us these these words and we've we've talked of these things before so if you'll allow me and i don't even know why i asked for permission because i guess that's kind of but if if you'll allow me to pay attention to what i want to share this morning because I'm going to say it anyway. But if you allow me today to just take some practical, give some practical words of how the gifts are meant to operate and what we're meant to do in giving the gifts of prophecy, tongues, or interpretation. Now, these things that God has given so that we might build the body of Christ up, there are moments that would be appropriate within a worship setting that decent and in order, that at a proper time of transition, God might speak to someone's heart and give them a word that is meant to edify everyone around. In the proper place, that person would begin to share. Now, I grew up in Pentecost all my life. This is, this is something that I've been around, and that doesn't mean anything uh, different, doesn't mean I've, I get a different uh, status or have greater understanding, because I'll be honest with you, growing up in a Pentecostal church and even being a Pentecostal pastor, it doesn't mean I've got a, a, a great knowledge in anything except I've got a great dependence on the Holy Spirit. We've got, we develop a dependency. One of the things I've learned, I had someone tell me one time, he says, the older I get, the more I realize I don't know. And I used to think, oh, that's just what you say when you get old. But the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing I don't know what I thought I knew. How many know what I'm talking about? And when you don't know what you thought you knew, you had to depend on what you do know you can rely on. And what, I, what we depend on and rely on is the Holy Spirit, that He is working and operating and speaking. And we operate and, and, and minister, and we allow that to, to happen together. So there, there may be moments. There have been times that it's happened, and there'll be times that it'll happen in the future. It doesn't happen on every occasion, but as the Spirit of God moves upon someone, they share a word of God, and they give a message. Now, I want us to talk about or want you to hear some practical things that will help to guide this so that we might grow in these experiences in the church. Not that they would just happen, happen more, but they would happen more effectively. How many would agree with that? We, we don't want just more of the same stuff. We want more effectiveness of what God is doing. Somebody say amen to that this morning. We don't want just more of the same. We want more effective, we want more effective things of what God is already starting. We don't want just more of the same thing. We want God to do greater things, and we want him to reveal more of himself. We want to know him more. We don't want to just repeat what we've had before. I hope that makes sense to somebody this morning. 
That we're not just looking to go back in time. You can have a great experience growing up either in the church or family or whatever it is. And you can have a great experience. And sometimes we can make it our goal to try and go back and recapture something we've had before. You know what it's like in family? You know what it's like in a moment in time? And you just love when that occasion, you love that moment, and you try to go back and recapture. How many know you can't go back and get what you once had? You have to build upon what you've, what you've received and allow something new to take place because you can't go back and get what you had. And you're not meant to just live in a place in time that God wants us to experience not more of the same. God wants to reveal even more than we've ever seen before. I hope you get that this morning. I hope you understand that today. That God wants to reveal more of himself. So let me take this moment just to give some practical things. Here's number one. We've got to say the right thing. And when I say say the right thing, I mean words of, of, of the, the, the speech, the gifts of, of speaking that are mentioned in, in, the, uh, in the 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as gifts of the Holy Spirit. Interpretation, words of knowledge, prophecy, these gifts. Here's what it is. We've got to say the right thing. Number one, saying the right thing needs to be connected to the right purpose. Look what it says in verse 6 of what we read. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation, notice what he says. If I bring you a revelation, some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful to you. Notice Paul is saying there is a specific word that needs to be spoken. It needs to be revelation, special knowledge, prophecy, or teaching. The right thing consists of one of these things being spoken. Now, I want you to see this this morning, that if we share a revelation, that God would have someone to share either through a word of knowledge or through, through a prophecy or through an interpretation to a tongue that's been given, that it should consist of one of these things and sometimes multiple, but it should be a revelation. And a revelation is to reveal something that was not known, is to reveal what was not known. It should be a special knowledge. Special knowledge means to give understanding to what is known, maybe to a moral issue, but it's to speak directly to the point. If it's a prophecy, it means to speak to future events that will reveal the mind of God. How many know that that's a powerful thing, that when we can prophesy and we can speak and reveal the mind of God of what he's doing, not that we can completely understand or comprehend, but he wants to give us a glimpse of what he's up to. How many are thankful that God wants to let us know what he's up to? He wants to engage in us. He wants us to know what it is that he's up to. I want you to catch this now. A revelation is unknown. Special knowledge is to give understanding of maybe what you've heard, but it's given a revelation or it's become greater knowledge. And then he wants to give prophecy to reveal the mind of God, something that we have not completely known, but he's revealing a future thing, a work that God is doing. I believe there was a word spoken here during a prayer time. Uh, a number of, uh, a couple years ago, we were gathering, and uh, the person who shared that is in this room right now. But we gathered for a prayer walk and we carried this cross a number of years ago uh, as we first started and we carried it across Fayette County and as we gathered here with some other churches we prayed on a morning and someone shared a word and they said it was connected to Ezekiel 47 they referenced the scripture but then Ezekiel 47 it says the waters are rising they began to speak as it was in Ezekiel 47 the waters are rising out of this place and are going into our county and going into a place it was a word that was spoken that became a revelation and just a sense of God is moving that this is his desire we heard that a number of years ago and God is continuing to build upon that word because as we operate in the gifts of the spirit we have that moment and that sense of this is what God is up to and we we want to be a part of what God is doing. Does that make sense to anybody this morning? How many are following me this morning? If, if you're following me this morning, raise your neighbor's hand if you're following along this morning. Help, help them out. Help me out. Here's the last thing it says. It should be teaching. That when we, when we give a word, it should be teaching. It needs to give instruction. Let me tell you why that's important. It's important because I believe that God wants us at Faith Assembly to grow to a greater level of maturity in operating in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to give an observation, not, not, a, not, a, not, not a put down. It's not. I want to say this. I believe in the church, and, and even as I've grown up in the church, I believe that we've gotten comfortable in operating in the gifts of the Spirit. There's an openness to operating the gifts of the Spirit, but we lack a maturity to operate in more effectiveness in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's not a put down. Because how many know life is all about maturing? What you know today, you didn't know five years ago. 
The way you act today, the way you respond today, you're building on what you've learned and what you've gone through. You've matured. How many have matured over the years? I pray to God you've matured over the years. I mean, come on. What do you, there's this experience. And how many believe we ought to do the same in the gifts of the Spirit? That there ought to be a maturity. So can I give you some practical things this morning that I believe will help us to, to have a mindset to move with maturity? Is that okay with anybody this morning? Nod your head if that's all right. All right. I hope you're following along. Here's some things that I believe will help us grow on a greater level of maturity. Number one, here's an aspect of great, uh, to put us to a greater level of maturity. Spiritual gifts do not qualify an effective service. A life of obedience qualifies an effective service. Here's what I mean. That when we say, oh, that was a good service. Why was it a good, a good service? Because we had a gift of the Spirit. When we use the gift of the Spirit whether it be tongues, interpretation, or something, when we identify that that happened, that meant it was a good service because we had that. How many know the gifts of the Spirit are not meant to be the standard that identifies a good service? What identifies a good gathering and a service are lives walking in obedience after Jesus Christ. That's what marks the effectiveness of the church coming together. It's not the experience that we have as we gather. It's the empowerment that we have as we leave. Oh, come on, that was good. Somebody could have said amen right there. It's not the experience that we have when we gather in the house of God. That doesn't give us a good service. Oh, we had a good service. Say, why? I got moved. I cried. I did something. I felt something. An effective service is not because the experience that you've had. An effective service is because the empowerment that you had to carry you out of here. I gave you a second chance and some of you took it. You said amen. That a mark of maturity is when we allow the spiritual gifts to enhance what God is doing. And not become a litmus test. I hope, I hope you hear my heart and hear what, what the, the word of God, what he wants to bring about. Obedience is what determines effectiveness. The Bible says that it's obedience, that, that obedience is what he wants. He prefers obedience rather than a sacrifice. Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my words. It's the obedience that he wants. I believe this as well, that the spoken gifts of, of, of spiritual gifts, tongues and prophecy, should be more than a redundancy of scripture. It should be a revelation. Here's where I believe an area that we can grow in because I've heard gifts of the Spirit and I want you to know we don't want to stop that. I'm saying let's build on that. That sometimes there can be a message in, in a, a word given and the word that's given is sometimes just a, a redundancy and I don't mean that disrespectfully but I mean it's just, it's just reading or even saying what is already in the word without giving added revelation or giving, giving instruction or giving special knowledge. I hope you hear me, that when someone gives a message and it's meant to give a word to the body, that it should be, yes, it should consist of the word, but it's not meant to to just be redundant with what is already in the word. It's meant to bring greater revelation to what is in the word, that it ought to be more. And here's something, I'm saying this as a place of growing, that we allow God to expand and allow God to develop us, that when we get a word from God and we share with the body, that it includes this is where God would have us go. That God would speak directly. That it must line up with Scripture. But let me also say it needs to be, when I say more than Scripture, it needs to be an enlightenment to what God is already saying. I don't know if that's making sense this morning. But if we're going to give a message in tongues, and here's the thing, when I stand up to preach, the Word of God is powerful. It can be enough. I don't need to say any more. The Word of God is enough. But God has given gifts to the church so that we might add, not add to what God is saying, but to give recognition and greater understanding to what God is saying. How many are following me? And so that is what we do with the gifts of prophecy and interpretation. And all of those are meant to give greater understanding of what God is saying. That it should be, and and again, hear my heart, hear what I want to teach us to mature in this. That when we give a a word of interpretation or, or knowledge or prophecy, it ought to be more than Jesus loves you. Now you might say, but there's nothing more powerful than that. I get that. I know that. But I believe that that is powerful in itself. Don't get me wrong. But God wants to reveal to a specific thing, to a specific place. Listen, God still speaks like he did to Ananias when he said, there's Paul. He lives at this address. Go find him. You can go right to where he is. God still speaks to the specifics of what we're going through. Somebody say amen to that. That we want to mature in those gifts of the Spirit. I don't want to stand here and say, well, why did God do that then? But he's not doing it now. I want to say God still does it today. So God help me mature that I might walk in what you're still doing today. 
Is this making sense to anybody? All right, I'm going I'm to get through this. How many want to be mature? I want to mature in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to mature in the things of God. Let me give you another thing that I believe is, is a mark of maturity that we need to recognize. Preaching is a spiritual gift that is given to strengthen the body. If I might say, when the Lord gives us a word, whoever it is that's preaching up here, we're not just preparing a nice talk to give. We're spending time in the presence of God and asking God to reveal his heart, to reveal what he wants to speak. So that preaching is not, and, and, and I heard this before, that, that I've heard in a church someone said, well, you know what, the spirit doesn't move there. And why doesn't the spirit? Well, it's been a long time since we've had a message in tongues and interpretation. I get what your heart is saying. But all the while, people are coming to Jesus. People are getting saved. God is doing the work. Don't judge the working of the Spirit off of those things, but recognizing how many know that when preachers get up to preach, they can prophesy when they preach. They can give revelation. And here's what I'm saying, that God will use those things, but don't miss what God is already working in. That all of what we do, he gives a word. I believe when a worship team they put their songs together. They pray and they put the list together and they, they pray that God would use those moments to, to speak to hearts. The gifts, here's another area of maturity. The gifts are not used to hijack a service but to enhance a service. Here's another mark, mark of maturity. The gifts are not used to hijack a service but to enhance a service. Here, here's what I mean. I grew up around, around hearing this and I believe became a little bit of a mark of immaturity and that is Man, the service was so good today, the pastor couldn't even preach. I know what is meant by that. But whenever we miss the word of God and receiving what God, God wants to enhance his word. Not just create an experience, because it's not just enough to have an experience. Now listen, if God wants to do what God wants to do, how many know we let God do what God wants to do? But we let his word be the guide that produces the health and effectiveness of what we're doing. We're not seeking an experience. We're not seeking an experience. We are seeking a relationship with the one true living God. And how many know that relationship means sometimes you live it even when you don't feel it? Have you found the earthly bride and groom? You tell me every morning you wake up and your wife looks at you and smells your breath. She says, honey, I can't get enough of you. I'm sure at that moment she says, honey, I need some space from you. My, my point is this, that sometimes we intend or we, we think that, that this, it's all about an experience. There are those moments with God, but it's learning how to have a relationship and empower with God. To have received the work of the Holy Spirit so that I might be able to walk even when I walk through stuff I don't like going through. That I receive the power of the Holy Spirit to, hence, to, to walk through. How many know that that only happens through the word of God. Is this all right? Everybody okay? I'm going to wrap this up. Here we go. Let me give you the right way. We need to have the right thing. We need to say the right thing. We need to say it the right way. Verse 7 and 8. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play the notes how? Clearly. Or no one will recognize the melody. And if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? Paul is making a point here, and he's saying it so clear. He's saying, when you operate in these gifts of the Spirit, it must be done clearly. Now, Paul is saying, it's not enough to speak in tongues. There needs to be the interpretation, or there needs to be a prophecy that is given. It's not enough to just have an experience of the gifts, but we have to present them and bring them about in the proper way that how we present them must be done so, so that everybody can hear. Why does everybody need to hear? So that we can respond properly. So that we can respond properly. Let me give you a couple things this morning. Here's some must-bes that I believe are important to a clear call. And we get them from Scripture. Here's number one. I don't have all these written out on, on the screen, but they're on you version. They're all put on, on you version, but you can, you can write these down. Here's number one. We must be emotionally controlled when we give a, give a, a gift in this, when we operate in the gifts of the Spirit. What I, and what I mean by that is if we have such passion, whenever we give, whether it be an interpretation or we give a prophecy, if our emotion is not under control, how many know it will make it hard for someone to hear what we're saying? You can have such passion and you can say something. 
If I get too passionate, here's one of my things. I, and I love, I love the people in our church. You guys are so good to me uh, uh, because I've heard someone say, Pastor, I'm bringing oxygen to the next service because sometimes you need to just slow down and take a breath. And I get that. You know what happens? I need to learn how to let my passion be in a proper order because what good is it if I get passionate and say a lot of stuff and say it so loud and everybody's like, I don't know, idea what he just said. Doesn't make any sense to me. How many know what I'm talking about? Here's the importance of being in control. And, and there's nothing wrong with passion. Don't get me wrong. But it must be that it can clearly be heard. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14.32. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit. Or it says it this way. It says that the, that, that the uh, spirit is subject to the prophet. That we're to be in control. That if we get so emotionally uh, drawn. My, my daughter, uh, when they were younger, you know, when they want to share something or, or something's happened and, and they begin to, to moan about what's going on. And my daughter, oh, I don't like it. Um, what did you say? How many know what I'm talking about? It's like, honey, I can't hear you speak up. You've got something important you want me to hear, but you're moaning. You're, I can't hear you. It, but we need to make sure that when we give those words that it's clear. Somebody say amen. Is this biblical? Say yes. <laughs> it's biblical. We must be emotionally controlled. Number two, we must be submitted to the structure and the authority of the church. 1 Corinthians 14.30 says, But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all will prophesy and have a turn. Here's what he's saying. If you're going to stop and give a turn, how many know that when you're taking turns, that means operating in a structure and in an order? That we need, if we're going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, we need to submit to the structure and the authority of what's taking place. That we operate in an appropriate manner and in an appropriate way. That we recognize that there is a structure. And what I mean by structure is that it's probably not the ideal time to share a word from the Lord in the middle of someone preaching or in someone's speaking that's not the appropriate time there's a structure and a proper timing and we need to submit to that to that to that that role that operation that structure of how things are done we're we're not the the structure isn't holy but how many know we need structure so that we can get to a holy god if not if we don't have structure it's called chaos God didn't design the world even in chaos. It was chaos before he got here. The earth was dark and chaotic. And God, the Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord hovered over it. And then he spoke the word in the midst of that. And how many know the moment he spoke the word, it put everything where it was supposed to be? That's what God wants to do in our lives. That when his word is spoken, it puts everything in order and in structure. God wants us to operate in a structure. And what I'm saying by that is we need to learn it. We must be, in when God would give a word. And someone would speak that it must be in a proper structure. Here's the next one. It must be. We must be mature. The person who gives that word must be mature and open to examination. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 29. Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. That's biblical. It's Bible. That when someone gives a word in the house, I want you to know, listen, I'm accountable to what I say up here. I have, I have friends around me, there are leaders around us, there's our deacons, and there are folks that I just know I can trust, and I, they speak into my life. I like that I'm accountable. I can't just get up here and say whatever I want to say. It's got to line up with Scripture. And you know what? It's got to be two or three people who would, who would agree with that. You know why? Because all the way back in the Old Testament, God always identified truth is witness between two or three witnesses. That it is truth when it's confirmed between two or three. How many know even the Trinity? It's Father, Son, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That there's three that make up that truth and, and recognize that there's the, the truth in it. That when we speak, we open ourselves up to examination. If we don't have thick skin to be examined, we might not be ready to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Does that make sense? That when we say, we can't just say, thus saith the Lord, and then go wherever we want, because we just said, thus saith the Lord. We've got to make sure that when we say, thus saith the Lord, and by the way, you don't even have to say that. You can just say, I feel my spirit the Lord would like to share. I grew up in church where I know that sometimes as people would operate in the gifts of the Spirit, it, it, they would even tend to always use the old English or the old, uh, uh, the old King James that thou, thee, thy, thus, and I'm like, whoa. You know, God calls us to speak in tongues, but I'm not sure King James is a, is a tongue that we need to speak in. When You can speak in, in your English, in modern English, and, and that's a part of just developing that. I've had where God has put a word in my heart, and even this week, just this week, 
while I was in my everyday living, because I believe that's where the Holy Spirit wants to work in our lives. And I was with someone, and the Lord gave me a word for that person. And all I said to them was, I said, I just want to share this with you. This is something that I sensed for you, and I began to share that. All I did was speak it. I didn't have this sense of, whoa, whoa, oh, hold on. Listen, I'm not saying none of that can be in a place. I'm not, I'm not saying that that can't be however God would lead you. But I believe that God knows how to just operate in the everyday, the ordinary. Not because he's common, but because he knows how to meet us right where we are. That God would speak to our heart and we operate, we practice that, we step into that. And allows it to grow. Let me give you the last thing, the must be. It must be clearly heard. Paul says that, he says, what good is it if, we, if the flute, even someone who plays the flute, if they don't play clearly, how are they going to know the melody? Speaking of melody, I'm going to ask Ashley to come and play a melody for us because as I told you before, when the music starts playing, I shut up quicker. But he says, if the bugler sounds an alarm and people don't hear it, it's not a clear call, how will they know they're being called to battle? Can I just say here at Faith Assembly, here's what I want you to hear. Decent and in order. I believe that as we grow in the gifts of the Spirit, God wants us to make room for us to experience not more of the same, but more of what He wants to reveal to us. I believe that there are people here that God will speak and give words to. And sometimes that doesn't have to be spoken during the service. But sometimes it is a matter in the service. And so you know what we're doing here at Faith Assembly? We're making room for it. And the way we're making room for it is that we have a microphone that is right up front here on the front row. And when God gives someone a word that is either interpretation or is a prophecy or a word of knowledge or something that is meant for the body, we're asking that person to come to the front row to use a microphone so that it can be clearly heard. That's what the Bible says. Now I know some would say, but what about the spontaneity? I believe in the spontaneity. I believe... But I also believe what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 33. God is a God of order. God knows what he's doing. How many know what I'm talking about? That we can just develop and grow in the natural gifts of God. That the gifts of the Spirit can happen around the dinner table. That God can just put a word in your heart. Hey, I want to encourage you. I want to share this with you. That we grow and we step in that. And here's how I... Follow me. How many believe that God wants us to operate in the gifts of the Spirit in our homes and in our places where we are? Some of us here are leaders, and some of us are being led, and still some of us are leading those who are following us while we're following other people who are leading us. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're all in this someplace together. We're the body of Christ together. Do you know what I think we ought to do here at Faith Assembly? We ought to model the healthy and relevant work of the Spirit so that it looks the same when you go home and you operate in the gifts of the Spirit in your home. Is that fair? What do we do to a people that come in and want to believe that the gifts are for today, but we treat them or we put them in places of awkwardness and and it's weird and I don't understand. Let's model it in a God is just among us. He's real. Let's model it in a way that it's just so relevant. I sit down. We say this to people. Oh, praying's not hard. Just talk to them like you talk to a friend. But yet we sometimes get all weirded out when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But when we say pray to God, just talk to him like he's a friend. How many believe that you just talk to God like he's a friend? Then I believe the same when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. Let's just operate in him like he's really among us. Not that he's like one of us, but that he's here with us. That he's just among us. That we don't have to make it all weird and out of the box and crazy. No, let's just grow. Because I believe that as we model that here, we teach one another, hey, that's how we do it there. Does it make sense that we would do something here that can't be replicated there? When what he told us to do is to go into all the world? Hey, if we can lay our hands on the sick and they recover, that's not just at the front of this sanctuary. That's in your school. That's in your neighborhood. That's the faith of God to rise up, that we can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. That it needs to be clear. We need to operate. And so what we're saying here at Faith Assembly, and I want you to know, we made this decision as a leadership team. We said, you know what, let's make room for the gifts of the Spirit. Let's, 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 let's allow there to be that natural response. So when God gives you a word, Scripture says, make it clear, there's a microphone that's right over here. You come to a pastor. 
whether it's Pastor Kyle, myself, or someone that's there, we just give you the microphone. The worship team recognizes, they quiet down, and that person begins to speak a word that God has put in their heart. And then we receive it together and allow that to build us up. Amen? How many want God's gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, to grow and flow in us? Here's the last thing. We need the right direction. We need to say the right thing the right way so that we can move in the right direction. 1 Corinthians 14, 3-4. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. But one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Notice, here's what I believe the right direction. He says, when you do this, you strengthen, you encourage, and you comfort. What do all of those words have to do in common? What do they all have in common? It's about strength. When you're strengthened, it means strength comes upon you. When you're encouraged, strength rises up within you. And when you're comforted, strength surrounds you. In moments of comfort, you're comfort because people come along and they strengthen you. They, they, they encourage you and surround you. It all has to do with strength. Here's what I want you to know, the gifts of the Spirit, what God wants to do. Habakkuk 3.19, and I want to close with this. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me sure-footed like the deer. He enables me to tread on heights. He makes me sure-footed as the deer. He enables me. Enables. He makes me capable to tread on heights. God is saying to us at Faith Assembly Church, it's time to tread on heights. It's time to go to a higher place, a level of maturity, a growth in the experience. Not that we can just have an experience in God, but that we might grow in the blessings and the things of God. Because here's what it does. When I'm strengthened either by being encouraged or comforted, how many know there's that sense of God is here? When someone gives a message, how many have ever received this, whether it been, been from preaching or someone gave a word of interpretation or prophecy how many have ever sat through a service and when you heard something in the spirit you had this immediate recognition of oh God you just spoke right to where I am how many have ever had that moment in a place of worship if not you might want to go find another preacher (laughs) but to be able to speak to the heart of where we are here's why that's important because the moment we recognize the gifts of the spirit It is God is among us. And how many know that when God is among us, there becomes this strength that rises up and says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. There's a strength of God that rises up. And you know what? When when we receive that strength from God, it enables us to tread on heights. Here's what I want you to know. That the gifts of the Spirit are meant to strengthen us so that we can become strengthened in Christ that we might tread on heights that we might rise up that we might go where we've never gone before so that we don't just have more of the same but we experience even more than we've ever experienced and known of God before Amen